1: Hey there, I just finished an interview with Rebecca Kokendurfer and she is the CEO of Journaling.com. I invited her for the last segment of Wanting More in 2024 because she brings it all together with journaling and she actually talks about how you can journal in different ways. So it's just not pen and paper in case that's not your gig. And that way you can really put it down on paper, work through those things. So that way you can release those stressors and receive more in your life. So take a listen to Rebecca. Hello, new and true friends. Thank you for returning back to wanting more in 2024. And this is beyond 2024. I just want to remind you that is that you're wanting more for yourself. And this should be every day right? We're wanting more peace. We're wanting more freedom, clarity, love, abundance. And it shouldn't just limit us to the beginning of a year to set those intentions out there. So this is why I'm here with you through wanting more in 2024, to expand with you and bring forward wonderful, amazing co-creators, And today we have Rebecca Kokenderfer, the founder and CEO of journaling.com, and she's also a host of a popular podcast, The Power of Journaling. And so that's just no coincidence that I met... Rebecca, because we share a lot of the same interests. And I met her through an online event. And when she shared with me about her passion to support others through journaling, I know her skills and insights are perfect for you and this series. So without further ado, let's welcome Rebecca. Welcome, Rebecca.
0: Hi, so nice to be with everyone. Nice, nice. to be with you, April. Thank you for the invitation of course of course i so love
1: how you work with others and really bringing their focus back to no pun intended everybody right living with intention you know by by journaling and and setting those goals and you know little sites there for themselves to obtain more in their lives
0: And, you know, it isn't just about more in your life. I think that I'm so glad that you're working with intention because in the last few years, I've had some very powerful experiences around intention. Um, And the first one started when my sister was diagnosed with breast cancer. So we were both very afraid. And I said, what about if we set our intention for the journey? that we look on this cancer as a journey. We don't know what the outcome is going to be, and we can't control what's happening, but we can control how we're going to feel about it and who we're going to be on the journey. So we um, named her um, cancer journey a love fest that was our intention and it ended up really doing that, you know, that we would hug people we met on the way, we showered people with gratitude. Um, She lived in Colorado, I was in Oregon and every time I went to visit, I took her friends out to breakfast because I wanted to thank them. Um, One time we had, like I put little glass angels by their their breakfast table, you know, seat and I gave them little C's candies, but it was absolutely a love fest. And then this last spring, my son was diagnosed with cancer. And fortunately, I practiced with my sister. I said, let's do it again. It works so well, this power of intention. You know, who do you want to be on this journey? This thing is happening. We can't exit the lane, unfortunately. It's the path that we're on, but we still get to choose who we're going to be and how we're going to feel about things. And he said he wanted his to be a together fest. Mm. So and it really turned out to be that. Now fortunately his um cancer was testicular cancer, very um curable, very common before 28 to 32 year olds. And I'm so happy to say that we have finished his cancer journey. Everything turned out well and our family is better because of it. Um, We included people because our intention was a together fest. We invited relatives and neighbors to be part of the journey. Uh, We made videos for people, you know, how it's doing, what we're learning about it. We even made a video about the power of intention and how it was changing how we were seeing the event. So really powerful. I'm so glad that you're teaching it because I feel like that is um, an arrow I have in my quiver now or a tool in my toolbox That no matter what happens, the first thing I do is I set my intention. And that takes time, but the clarity is incredibly valuable. That Mm. no matter what happens, it's going to be a love fest. No matter what happens, it's going to be a together fest. So I think I'm I'm so glad you're teaching it. I'm trying to spread the word about it as well. I think it's a hidden gem.
1: Most definitely. And I love that the journey that you created and starting with your sister and then your son and not letting the fear get in the way because there's so much fear and people I think they tend to kind of spiral downward and so when you're talking about let's make it a love fest um, you know spreading that that's that's a higher vibration that's coming from our hearts and people feel it right and that creates that ripple effect out into the world
0: you know we also discovered the power of words that when we were thinking of it as a chemo session or the chemotherapy building we all got tense so i said hey let's change the name so we called it a healing session and we were going to the healing center and then we weren't afraid at all we also brought a lot of gratitude to the journey and so you know we got to know the nurses and the doctors we had a party when he was done to thank them so it really became a love fest yeah and then and then it's better for it in fact it wasn't just with my sister where i was introduced to this power of intention it actually started with my aunt who raised me because she had alzheimer's and i remember when it started i was so afraid And I was so sad. And I thought, oh, I need I need to give this a theme, some kind of an empowering theme. And so what uh, we came up with is may we all be better because of this experience. Mm. So it was a hard experience, but may we all be better because of this experience. This is very much in line with Viktor Frankl's work, isn't it? A man's search for meaning, that even mm. when he was in a concentration camp, that things can happen on the outside of us, but they don't get to get into our head, that we have control over that. We get to control how we are viewing the situation and how we're feeling about it. And I think that that pertains to life events going on right now, too. Another mm-hmm. powerful way of looking at it, too, is what if this event is happening for me, not to me? Yeah. And I find that that really recenters me as well. It allows me to see the benefits and the open doors in the situation. Otherwise, I'll have a tendency of getting into victim mode, you know, mm-hmm. and the victim mode is such a powerless place to be in. I try to catch it. And with my friends and I, we try to catch each other really quickly. Like, oh, have you slipped into victim mode? Yeah, I have. Okay. Like you got five minutes. You got five <laughs> minutes. You've got to complain. Yes. And- yeah, and then you got to get out of that because there's just no power there. There's no agency there.
1: Yeah. Yes, I I really, it is so powerful to even recognize when we slip into the victim mode, um, and everybody does it. And oh, unless yeah. unless you're the Dalai Lama or you know somebody yeah. like that, we we are living this life in in the world. And things are around us, and it's really challenging um, to keep that, you know, center point, although it is possible. And I want to bring it back to what you said, Rebecca, about the power of words. Yeah, can you just expand upon that and how journaling
0: uh, couples with that? Oh yes, one of the reasons journaling is so powerful, there are two big reasons. One of them is because I've got my journal right here, is that when you are journaling, most people journal with pen and paper or art journaling, but it slows us down. Another reason is that it unifies the hemispheres of our brain. In other words, we are using the analytical side of our brain to think about our feelings and now we are approaching the situation the problem the dream the project that we have from a whole brain rather than just from the creative or the artistic uh, creative or the analytical side now we have both of them unified and scientists think that that's one of the reasons why journaling is so beneficial for example if someone is having a surgery if they do expressive writing where for just three days before the surgery, they journal about the surgery and their feelings about it. That group of people healed faster than the control group who did not journal. So lots of powerful uses around journaling and lots, lots of ways that it can be helpful people as they are planning out 2024, planning out the new year, the new school year, the new season, you know, whatever it is that they have, they have a dream to do. Bullet journaling can also be very helpful for for dreaming and keeping track of um, a project. So journaling, there's lots of different ways of doing it. If you want, I can tell people the five most common, the most popular ways. So I would love that. I'm sure yeah. everybody here wants to hear more. <laughs> and first of all, I want to just say too, that this idea of more, in a way, it's really good because so many people don't feel they can dare to dream. Mm-hmm. So the fact that your audience is dreaming and having these rockets of desire and figuring out what they want, that brings vitality and life and energy to us. It gives us a direction to go in and I find it to be very empowering. And I do think that journaling is an excellent tool to take with you on the way. Uh, One big reason for it is that when you are dreaming or expanding yourself and trying something new, it can really stir the pot of your emotions. Fears will come up. Doubts will come up. Insecurities will come up. And they're there. They're there in you. But if you can journal them, according to Jill Bolt of Harvard University, feelings only last 90 seconds, a minute and a half, if we let them move through us. Exactly. Exactly. So journaling in the morning, I call it kind of word vomit. I start every day where I just write for three pages, stream of consciousness, my pen just starts moving. I'm like, I'm feeling this, you know, I'm working on this goal. I'm feeling a little anxiety about it. Oh, this idea would be great. So for three pages, I just write about everything and nothing. And then you're clear. You know, you're Ah. centered and you're cleared and you're ready to start the day and fantastic ideas come through this morning pages technique. It was invented by Julia Cameron from The Artist's Way. And that ties in very well with this creativity and wanting more because it allows you to acknowledge the feelings that are coming up. You know, the book Eat, Pray, Love, the author said that her book would not have been possible if she had not been doing morning pages yeah isn't uh, that it? it is very
1: interesting, very interesting and and I absolutely love how you bring up the emotions because we are emotional beings, and that's what hooks us and keeps past ninety seconds right the thought it will attract another thought that's just like that one, and then here we are you know spiraling downward so if you could share those five key points or five different approaches for journaling, um, I'm sure that will help people, you know, build a foundation of support and also help to um, just strengthen their own emotional intelligence as they're trying out a different new technique.
0: Yes. uh, At journaling.com, we call it the five paths of journaling. So number one, of course, is mindfulness that knowing what's on your mind paying attention to what it is that you are thinking and feeling and all of the forms of journaling have this mindfulness component and again the idea of uniting the two hemispheres of the brain the analytical and the feeling hemisphere and now you are approaching your life in all of your situations doubly and you know doubly um, valued because you're using your whole brain the second one is of uh, creativity journaling can release those feelings and help slow you down and think so it really enhances creativity and the morning pages as you know from the artist way are a very popular way for all creatives and as you are creating more in your life of course you are creating You are life designing aren't you so this morning pages can be very valuable for you so can bullet journaling perhaps you've heard of bullet journaling it's probably the number one number two most popular um, journaling style i would say it's divided between bullet journaling and um morning pages but bullet journaling is a great way for for um like ceos and creatives to keep track of their projects because you put a table of contents in the front of your journal so as you take notes or if you're keeping track of a particular list you record that in the table of contents so that you can find that information easily Um, Writer Carroll invented that because he has ADD and he found that a lot of his creative friends, they were not able to stay with their projects long enough to see Mm -hmm. them to the beautiful completion. They would start things and they would stop things or, you know, organizing things was not their wheelhouse but the bullet journal helped them organize their creativity. And because you create bullet journals yourself in a lovely notebook, you're able to add your own artwork to it. You get to create the journal the way that you want it to be. So, and that's very empowering as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Another path is this journaling for productivity. Um, the bullet journals are good for that. Journal planners are good for that because it combines mindfulness With your to do list. So I, I use the happiness planner. If you can see that. There we go. Come on. It's (laughs) it's coming through. wanted to blur it out. But the happiness planner, it's just a one page for each day. It gives you a little thumbnails like today I'm excited about. My main focus today is I, my exercise today is going to be this my meals for today. Oh, here's my to do list. I'm grateful for tomorrow. I am hoping so this the happiness planner is also a great way of combining you know, productivity with mindfulness and gratitude mental health of course the mental health path for journaling journaling is used by therapists all the time for trauma for mental health it's proven again and again and is used in many many ways and then the last one is probably let's see we had mindfulness a creativity productivity um mindfulness creativity productivity oh physical health yeah, so um, you know what we f- focus on expands. So having a fitness journal where you keep track of your numbers, or you keep track of your food. I also have a meal planner. I have a meal journal that I do, I'll show you, it's blurry, uh, but I use, I use a meal planner for me because I'm busy, but I want to, I want to have three healthy meals a day without any snacking, you know, that's my goal, so I just kind of plan out for my meals, and now I can relax.
1: Yes, it it is, it is something so simple, yet so powerful, yeah. and as you said in the beginning, Rebecca, you know, it's using both sides of the brain, and it's bringing awareness to whatever ruminating thoughts we have and just getting it down on paper whether that is the mindfulness or the you know the happy or even the bullets you know just writing something out I think a lot of people are getting away from handwritten because of all the electronics what are your thoughts about that
0: You know, I think there's a place for it. For example, mental journaling is also very effective. So throughout the day, I'll ask myself, I'll say, ooh, what am I feeling right now? I just check in throughout the day. And I'll go, oh, I'm feeling nervous. I'm feeling excited. I'm feeling insecure. I name my feelings. I relax, and I let the feelings move through me. That's a form of just mental on-the-go journaling. It doesn't have to be on paper. But they have studies that do show that paper journaling is more effective than keyboard journaling. And I think it's the part of the brain. I think going old school where you physically feel the pen and it's slowing you down, and it's also when we're using a keyboard, oftentimes we associate that with work. You know, with work, with business, whereas when you're just using a piece of paper, you know, how often do we do that? I think that that kind of is a trigger for our brain. I'm journaling now, you know, mm-hmm. go go ahead and put on my journaling hat, not on my business hat or my editor hat. You know, you don't yeah. edit it. You just journal it.
1: Yes. And I like how you said that it it makes you slow down. Because I've experienced that I have these thoughts come in, I call them downloads and I will be writing them down, journaling it out. And it's like, I'm, I'm trying to keep up with it. And I get a little frustrated about not being able to get it down on paper. Like it's coming so fast that I can't keep up with it. And then I just remind myself, whatever I remember is perfect. And it's okay, I'm just creating space here for this to come out for it's because it's a new creation. It's a it's a new exploration.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love the way that you're showing that kindness to yourself. Yeah, and isn't this slowing down a gift as well? You know, in an era where we're told that we have the attention span of a goldfish, isn't it nice to give ourselves a chance to do some deep work? You know, to to look at our feelings, to look at our life, to take to practice the pause, to practice the pause and to just slow down. What a wonderful self-care gift that is. And isn't it great that it just happens to have tremendous benefits. But if it was nothing else than just slowing down and it's just a pen and paper meditation, that's enough. It Mm -hmm. just, it happens to have other huge benefits, but you don't even have to do it for the benefits. You can do it because it feels great. It just feels good to do. Yeah. And I just have
1: a question too, for people who get like overwhelmed with writing things down, because I know in the very beginning, that's kind of how I felt and it took practice. It took patience. As you said, I have more compassion for myself as I'm witnessing this, got to get it done, got to write it down. And and then I got to check it off kind of thing. Um, and now it's more of, oh, I got it out. Yeah. And so what feels good to me right now as I look at this kind of thing? But what, what about those who aren't there yet, or this is something new for them? What what recommendations oh. or suggestions do you have for those people?
0: I would say that some people don't like to write, and that's okay. Right? Totally okay. You can go for a walk, and you can do mental journaling. Right? Or you can do the apps. Or you can do the keyboard journaling. I'm, I'm a fan of the mental journaling. Or sometimes if I really need an idea, I'll go out with the yellow page. Now, for me, journaling is a very good fit because I think better when I have a pen in my hand because Mm -hmm. my brain just goes too fast. It goes so fast and I have so many emotions I need to slow myself down but if you're a kinesthetic if you're if your person your audience is a kinesthetic they're good with their hands there are a ways of combining that art journaling for example it can be a matter of you know painting black on the background and then putting one word like joy in white and that might symbolically really mean something for you or the journaling can be you know putting a, a card with your theme for the year and taping it up on your mirror it can be going for a walk it can be before you go to sleep at night asking the divine prayer is a form of meditation and journaling too isn't it so Mm. anything where you are getting touch with your what you're thinking and what you're feeling and then you're asking powerful questions even just Mm. what am i feeling relax and release how can i you know oh i see myself saying i can't let me switch that to how can i So it doesn't have to be on paper so that if you're a kinesthetic, if you're a person who's good with your body, you can just give yourself the gift of that time of that self reflection. Even when you're out walking, you can still think analytically about your feelings when you're walking, when you're doing pottery, when you're painting a room, it's just, it's just giving yourself that sacred space, that sacred time to slow down and to notice what's going on inside of you. I think that that's living consciously. We're mm. conscious of what we're feeling, what our motivations are. Otherwise, for most of the people out there, they're just kind of, what do they call it? Like sleepwalking? Yes, just Kind yes. of going through the Autopilot. day. Autopilot. Uh, yes. And, and whereas when you're just thinking you're journaling you're asking about your feelings you're being conscious it's like well what do i want what do i like how do i want my life to be i'm getting my doctorate right now in life designing and i think it's fascinating because so many people we we don't dare to dream and then we getting to the clarity of you start with this is what i want and then you know turn it into a path rather than a goal so that would be my advice too on this wanting more is that you and i are both big fans of the power of small and i think it starts with i would like more of this and i in a way i like the feeling of more because it's like ooh i'm really enjoying this i'm so grateful for what i have right now more please you know i'd love to have some more abundance please i'd love to have some more health please I'd love to have more friendships, please. I'd love to have more beautiful relationships, please. And I like that because it's not coming from lack. Mm -hmm. It's coming from gratitude and joy from where you are now and saying, oh, this is so good. More, please. Seconds. I'd like seconds of that, please. I think that has a nice
1: feel to it. And having giving ourselves permission to ask for more also i think that's a big thing for people um thinking that they have to take seconds or they put other people's needs first before their own so uh i really enjoy hearing you talk about this and and your enthusiasm and passion for people to yeah say yes please yes i want more of that i want more for myself because then we feel better, right? And then then that's how we ripple out into the world.
0: Now, there is um, one downside to more. And I think it's worth talking about. It, I, it's called the land of er. It's where you're never satisfied. So when you're thinking about your more, I think it's very important to come from a place of gratitude, not a place of lack. Otherwise, you fall into the trap of no matter how much you have, it's not enough, not enough, not right. enough, not enough right? No matter how much money you have, not enough. No matter how much health you have, not enough. No matter how rich your life is, not good enough. And that's a perfectionism and that's a trap. I think people have to be very careful of that. But but the way around that is to come from more, please. Mm -hmm. I think that's it. I love what I have. I'm grateful for what I have. I really enjoy what I have. More, please. Seconds, please. That has a lovely, has a lighter vibe to it rather than not enough, not enough, not enough.
1: Yeah, because when a person comes from that space, it's like they're trying to prove their worth yeah. instead of recognizing that they already have all the abundance already with them. And it's showing up for them as a reflection of who they are versus the fear of not being valued or having to prove their worth. Yeah, that's a very good. Yeah, Uh, I think of it as
0: the hustle for worthiness. And when Uh I am wanting something, when I have a dream or I have a goal, I need to check in with myself because I will fall into the trap, the hustle of worthiness. Like, am I wanting this just because I want other people to perceive me in a particular way? In other words, is this really something that I want? Is it a heart's desire? Is it a joy? Or am I doing this because I want people to, you know, think that I'm enough? Is it, am I wanting this because I'm feeling like I'm not enough the way that I am? Um, So I really have to do a check-in when I have a goal or a dream to make sure that I'm coming from kind of a pure place, that it really is coming from joy and enoughness. And it's not coming from, I'm broken the way that I am. And I have to fix myself in order to Mm. be accepted (laughs) by others. I think that there's a trap there, but the, but the solution to that trap is to check in and say, oh, is this just a hustle for worthiness? You know, am I just trying to prove that I'm worthy in the eyes of other people? Or is, is it legitimately a, a joy spark? You know, mm. one of those joy sparks like, oh, no, I really love that. and I think that it has a different vibe to it. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, you can feel it in your body versus in the headspace of, nope, yeah. you got to go, go, go and feel a tightness in your body or yes. that you can't slow down and have to get this done before the next thing. You know, yeah. That's when you know you're hustling about it yes. instead of, oh, this feels good and safe. And I, I'm curious how I'm going to learn and explore through this experience.
0: I think curiosity is really good. Curiosity is a high vibration. And I love curiosity too, because you're open, Mm. right? You're not married to the results. You don't have to have the results a certain way in order to be happy. So, I like doing life experiments all the time. And I even voice it that way to other people too. So, you know, when, when you and your audience are, if I feel like it's my audience now, hello, friends. So, when you are kind of wanting more, sometimes I voice it to people. I go, I'm experimenting with plant based living for, a, you know, for a while. Well, how long have you been doing it? Well, I've been doing it for years. It's still an experiment, right? Because if we say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and then we change our mind, people can remind us of, oh, I remember when you were going to start a business. I remember when you were going to do this and that. So sometimes I manage expectations for them. And for me, I say, I'm doing an experiment right now. Mm. You know, I'm, exp- I'm experimenting. I'm enjoying learning languages right now. I'm experimenting with, you know, building this up or wanting more of this to see what happens. And I love the openness that that curiosity, like April was saying, having that curiosity means that, You're not attached to it. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's really important, too. When you are setting a a goal, a path for yourself, it gives you direction. You have vitality, but detach from the outcome. And as much as you can, detach from judgment, the judgments of others and the judgment of yourself. And now you can just... That path with curiosity, using the corridor principle to see that doors open up along the way, doors that you didn't notice before you were on yes. that beautiful path, yeah, and that's where curiosity. you receive
1: more right it's it's the curiosity lets that other stuff fall away, yeah. and that's where other opportunities are presented. You can actually see them yeah. for what they are and become curious, oh. I wonder how that will turn out, you know, um, versus oh no, I I can't do that right now because of X, Y, and Z, because the commitment and obligation and a- expectations yeah. <laughs> that we yeah. put on ourselves. It's just truth. Uh yeah. how we work as our lovely minds work as humans.
0: You know, our minds are very protective, right? They don't like change. They're um You know, and we, our human brain is still kind of trapped in the path with this lizard brain expecting a saber-toothed tiger to jump out at any point. So it doesn't like change, even if it's a good change. But that's why even I feel like I can trick my brain by saying, we're just going to experiment. You know, we're not married to it. And plus it's practicing learning by doing, isn't it? We don't know that we're going to like something until we get to play with it for a little while. We get to experiment with it. That's why I like thinking path rather than goal. Goal has that fixed mindset and it sets up a stress that I'm going to either you know achieve it or I'm not. I'm going to succeed or fail. But path is an educational mindset. I'm going to learn by doing. I'm going to explore. I'm going to be curious. I'm going to keep my, my mind and my heart open To the journey in front of me. I think that's a much kinder and more enjoyable way forward.
1: Most definitely, that it invites more compassion for ourselves. And it's just to share those words, right? It's, I call it shifting the script. So not being fixed on a certain thing and, you know, having that open curiosity of, oh, I wonder how that will work or, I'm curious to see how this journaling will, you know, help me find balance in my life so that way I'm open for more. Um it that's it, so important to, you know, be able to shift the script there, perceptions about ourselves, about other people, and, and about situations.
0: And you know, I think the first step to that, which is the beauty of journaling, is that you're conscious of what script you have running. Sometimes when we have a dream for ourselves. We're looking at it through what I like to think of as a buggy windshield. We're in, we're in a car, we're going through life and things happen in life. Things hit our windshield and they stay there, right? Unless we let those feelings move through in 90 seconds, if we attach them to story in some way or shame, or if we resist them or cram them down, they adhere to our windshield. And then no matter what happens to us, we are looking at through the view of our stuff. Right? We all see things, which is why somebody, you know, ten people can view an accident and you interview the 10 people, they all saw 10 different things. It's because we're looking at it through the lens of our stuff. So that's something to consider. And I like that's why I like conscious living and mindfulness and meditation and journaling and just being aware. It's like, oh, I think that's hitting my stuff. You know, I think that my view is being altered here. I'm ready to let that bug go. You know, just acknowledging it. I'm ready to get my windshield cleaned. (laughs) Yes. And it's, you know, it's a lifetime endeavor because as we get older, we find out that we've kind of collected a lot of stuff. Carl Jung called it the shadow, that Mm. when we repress feelings and emotions, they're in there, they're driving the bus. So this conscious living that we are attempting to do it, it's releasing that it's letting that's cleaning our windshield so that we can see events and things as they really are and then we have a lot more options too otherwise it's almost like we're in a pinball you know pinball machine ping 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 where we hit our stuff and then we react so then we move left and then that hits some more stuff and we react and then we're just all over the place instead of having a clear journey forward so i think that this journaling or whatever it is we do you know my advice is it takes a lot of courage but try to re- try to release your stuff as much Mm -hmm. as you can it's ongoing i'm working on it all the time i had a pretty challenging childhood a lot of deaths at a young age um abuse neglect poverty you know big stuff living in the projects pretty big stuff and i'm you know i've kind of spent my life kind of releasing it but it's okay because it's part of the journey we all have stuff nobody goes through life without kind of picking up some scars a little bit but i think the key is to lovingly and self-compassionately recognize that, Oh, I think I got some stuff around that. I'm ready to let it go. You know, when I hear you say this kind of receiving, I feel like it's allowing. Mm. Right. Because maybe sometimes we don't think that we're worthy. Um, You know, we don't think that we're worthy or we think that allowing is selfish or maybe we think if we have more, that means less for other people that's been a big one for me to overcome you know if I if I'm happier does that mean somebody else is less happy if I have more does that mean that somebody else is has less but we have to keep reminding ourselves that it's an abundant universe that there's plenty for everyone and I have found that it's also role modeling like you talk about that ripple effect that sometimes when I'll take a travel, something I'm so happy to do, and when I share it, it shows a possibility for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Or when I you know build a business and I have success with it, it plants a seed and someone else, like, oh, maybe I could do that too. So I think that allowing is not selfish. Sometimes you're paving the way for other people by showing what's possible. And that I think that's a beautiful thing to remember as well. And I think it will allow us to allow more often and to allow more into our life. Oh, beautifully said.
1: Yeah, thank you, Rebecca. And for those of you listening, I'm very excited to announce that Rebecca has invited me to become one of the guest speakers for the Power of Small Summit coming up in january and if you're listening um if this is an older episode that information will still be out there so you're not missing out so just give us a little tidbit of that power of small summit
0: yeah you know i'm so excited about it and thank you for saying yes it's that we've been trained that go big or go home and we've been trained about goals i believe it's wrong right in other words it doesn't it doesn't work. People set a goal. They set it big. They think they have to do an hour a day. But really, small is very powerful. And just by touching your dream a little bit each day, you make tremendous progress. But now that we have this attention span of the goldfish, that the problem for 99% of people is staying with a goal or a dream long enough to see the results. Mm-hmm. And so we've put together this summit with 20 Beautiful consciousness experts from around the world. And what we do is you pick a project for 30 days and we accompany you on that project. You receive an email every day to say, hey, day one, how's it going? Day five, have you, you know, we have experts who help you overcome obstacles, to celebrate, to get clear. It's just, it's a beautiful support because staying with things is the big challenge. Um, And if you have that problem for yourself, you know, it's worldwide. Um, You know, it's not just you. It's not just me. It's we live in a very fast world and it's very easy to squirrel. And now we've we're off path because there are so many things competing for our time. But if you can just do is what I call it, the daily touch. If you can just touch your dream a little bit every day, five, 10 minutes, you know, for me, I would start something. I would quit it. I would start something I would quit it that was my pattern and it wrecked my confidence it wrecked my self-trust until i discovered the power of small so now i've been able to build the number one homeschooling site in the world it won an award from forbes magazine i just did a little bit every day i'm finally learning japanese and german by just doing a little bit every day and now with journaling.com there was big things can happen when you just do a little bit each day And you don't you sometimes you're you're afraid, you do it anyway. I don't know what to do, you do it anyway. Clarity comes, courage comes. And so you and I and you know, eighteen other people, I want I want people to experience this for 30 days and that we give them love and encouragement because trying something new can be scary and you're surrounded by naysayers who are you know you can't do this and here's why or this all negativity around us so at least for 30 days we're going to surround you and it's a free event we're going to surround you with love and support and encourage you to keep going and we are defining it so that it's evergreen so we launch it in january but it will be available long term too because you always have a dream and then the next dream and then the challenge is staying with it Staying with it long enough to enjoy the beautiful resorts, that's the trick, and I believe we have the answer for that,
1: yeah, and the answer also will be shown as you, the listener, the watcher, discover more about you. I think that's that's the that's the main reason why I'm part of it is because I want to provide tools and resources so that way you are building your emotional intelligence and you can come back to it even if you do stumble, miss a few days, you know, it's evergreen, as Rebecca said, and you can return back to it. Give yourself kindness and compassion and just remind yourself that you're human, that your brain is actually hardwired to take the easy way. So you are you're building those new um you know neuropathways neural pathways, yeah uh-huh and and also the cool thing is is neuroplasticity right and so you can over time you're cultivating that you're literally changing the physicality of your brain it is so cool so that's why i'm excited to be part of this thank you rebecca for inviting me for the power of small summit and those who are interested in connecting with you directly um, how do they get in touch with you
0: oh i would love to hear from you email rebecca r-e-b-e-c-c-a at journaling.com or of course you can visit journaling.com but i love receiving emails i'd love to know what your experience is with journaling and if you have a question about journaling feel free to write to me it will be my delight to write you back i really enjoy that I'm so glad to be with you, April. I love neuroplasticity. I really do b- believe it. I believe that we are the designers of our life. And I think it doesn't have to be go big or go home. I think with just a simple touch every day, we can really build the life of our dreams.
1: Oh, yes. As you and I are proof of that,
0: right? Yeah. As we're continuing to do. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you, Rebecca, for co-creating with me here in this space. And thank you, everyone, who tuned in and listening right now. Uh, Please, you know, leave a comment. Let us know what you enjoyed about this conversation. Uh, Let Rebecca know what tips or journaling style that you're going to try. And also, please let me know, right, how you are continuing To work from the inside out as we go on this journey together of wanting more so until next time be well my friends bye hey I hope you enjoyed that interview with Rebecca wasn't she great I especially enjoyed hearing how she talked about the bugs on the windshield Uh, isn't that true right we all have these splats this BS that gets in the way of our perceptions and in order to clean that just inviting that pause adding those journal prompts so that way you can have more in your life and speaking of cleaning I just want to share with you this is my cleaning unit in my <laughs> RV you got to have clean laundry so Click the links in the description for other resources, especially for the new summit coming up of the power of small. So check that out and I will see you next time.
0: If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz.